Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Greg Shepard here, Higher Ed Retire Podcast. As always, I do appreciate everybody out there tuning into this silly little podcast that I've been putting on for quite some time. Actually, I was just informed that there's quite a few of you listening to this podcast. I had just had 4,100, over 4,100 of you download uh, this podcast, and I, I have no idea if that's a good number or a bad number, I, and quite honestly, I, I just don't care. As long as somebody out there is listening, I will continue to produce content. I enjoy doing it, and you all are reaching out to me just about every week now, almost you know, multiple times a week. So you're getting something out of it, at least a few of you out there. So I do appreciate that. For those of you new to the show, new to the podcast, again, my name is Greg Shepard. I help those in higher education basically to simplify your higher ed retirement plans. Typically, we're talking about TIAA, but I throw in a little fidelity here and there. But if you run into any questions regarding this episode or any other episodes that you may listen to, or my YouTube channel, by the way, which has become rather popular as well. By all means, contact me. Best way to get a hold of me is email, and that is greg at shepherdfinancial.com, G-R-E-G at S-H-E-P-A-R-D financial.com. So before I get into the nuts and bolts here, as always, I would like to recite this one sentence disclosure that for some reason will keep all the attorneys at bay. With that being said, investment advisory services offered by me, Greg Shepard, as an investment advisor rep of S&A Financial Services, which is a registered investment advisor. Okay, if you've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, you know that we typically, I typically talk in generalities for the most part. There's some specific things I talk about, but of course, I don't know you all out there, right? So I'm, I, I tend to talk in generalities. This one is a little different in the sense that it's going to be very specific. It's a very specific group of people with TIAA, okay? So what I'm getting at is this episode is for those, let me make sure I don't trip over my words here, those that typically are married, okay, but you're a beneficiary, okay? A beneficiary, typically a spouse that is around nine years to your junior, or maybe you're the younger one, nine years older than you. There's an age discrepancy of around nine years, okay? For some reason or another, the last... Oh, I don't know, a couple months, I have been, not flooded, let's not be dramatic, I've been contacted by a number of folks out there that kind of fit in this category and are going through the same situation, okay, just kind of a random coincidence, but nonetheless, I figured I would make an episode out of this, a a podcast episode that is, just in case there's other folks out there that run into this situation. Okay, so let me give you a backdrop of the most recent, uh, we'll call it a case study, if you will. Folks contacted me. Actually, what they did, let me preface this a little bit. Male, female uh, spouse, he is nine years older than her. He is going to retire next year, right? He has amassed quite a bit in his TIAA account. Um, Specifically, he's got over $700,000 sitting in that TIAA traditional illiquid contract, which he just found out about six months ago. And that was a, a sharp slap in the face that he told me. Uh, His word's not mine because he had amassed all these monies over the course of 40 years with TIAA. And he's, you know, to his credit, he said, maybe they told me, probably they told me over the course of time. 
Uh, maybe I didn't pay attention, but he didn't realize what he was doing was contributing to an illiquid contract, okay? Uh, so if you get nothing out of this podcast episode, please, folks, I emphasize this all the time, make sure you have your ducks in a row, your I's dotted, your T's crossed when it comes to what kind of contract that TI Traditional is in, okay? If you don't know, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, call Tia, they'll help you out. Contact me, I can help you out in a few seconds, okay? Again, that email greg at shepherdfinancial.com. Okay, back to the folks here. So uh, male, female, he's retiring next year, over 700,000 sitting in TIA traditional. They call up TIAA after waiting on hold for 30 minutes and told them the situation, basically that he's retiring next year, told them, uh, the TIA rep that is, that there's an age difference, of course, and they just did a retirement income illustrator and TIAA rep said, hey, here are your payments that you could get if you initiate this this contract, basically, over the course of your life, with 50% going to your wife. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, you can change that variable, but for this situation, that's what uh, these folks wanted to do. The payment was okay, okay? He's smart enough to know that, A, the payment was okay, given the amount of money he had in the TI traditional. And, and by the way, they had CREF money, and she has money, and they have outside money. They have They've amassed a nice uh, nest egg. And B, he knew and figured out that the payment does not adjust for inflation. They also, I guess, C, uh, letter C, they have children. And for estate planning purposes, he found out that, you know, once he passes away, because let's face it, men, we tend to die quicker than females. And also, he's nine years older. So once he passes away, money goes to the wife. Once wife passes away, that money gone, okay? Now, his kids, uh, you know, again, their words, not mine, are adult. They're already adults and doing doing well financially, monetarily, so they're not necessarily going to need this money, but they would like to send money or leave money to their children. Not my situation. I tell my parents to spend it all, but regardless, uh, they're, 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 they're nicer, people, nicer people than myself, I suppose. Uh, primarily for their grandkids, okay? They want to leave some sort of legacy. So with that being said, this is not a very good uh, estate planning tool, this lifetime income annuity option. So uh, again, for kicks and giggles, I have these tools um, you know, at my fingertips. So what we did is, again, for kicks and giggles, I showed them what those payments would be for the lifetime income annuity option if she, the spouse, the female, were like two or three years younger than him. Obviously, the payments are more because TIAA, uh, given the age discrepancy, th those those payments are going to, to differ uh, because it's an actuarial form formula, okay? So with the age discrepancy, the, the, the payments, were, they were okay. We'll just put it that way. They were okay. So what I showed them is, and, and folks, I already kind of knew the answer. I knew the direction this was going to go. But again, we got to play this out and visually and verbally tell folks, uh, give, give you all out there your options. I brought up the 10-year TPA, okay? He had a contract that you could enact, initiate a 10-year TPA, roll those monies over to an IRA, not to them as income, okay? Because that'd be a lot of income over nine years. It's a 10-year TPA paid out over nine years. Direct those payments to a rollover IRA, extract from that rollover IRA for income as needed. Now, multiple things are to their advantage for this scenario, okay? Let's see if I can remember them all. One, liquidity. They initially wanted liquidity. Remember, he was surprised 
that the money was tied up. So that was not really their intent. It doesn't really devastate them. But, um, you know, what if they had all of their monies in TI Traditional in the illiquid contract? I've seen that before, and that is a problem, okay? So this, this didn't devastate them financially, but they wanted liquidity, okay? So they're, they're accomplishing that by doing this, okay? So there's number one. Uh, number two, estate planning. So, again, once husband dies for the 10-year TPA, Remember, we're directing those payments over to rollover IRA. So that's where that money is sitting uh, over the course of time through payments. Once husband dies, that rollover IRA goes to wife. Uh, once wife dies, it goes to the beneficiaries, which in this case are going to be the children. Okay, so they get the money. For, so for an estate planning purpose, that rollover IRA serves that purpose. Also, when you dive into the numbers, and this is where it gets kind of into the weeds, but you can it's easier to visually do this. The lifetime income annuity option the 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 percent that they were going to quote unquote make per year, basically the amount that would be taken out, I can't remember exactly, but it was X, okay. And what we did is projected if we rolled this money over to an IRA again, liquidating it quicker. Well, the other one you can't liquidate it, but liquidating it quicker. And by the way, he did not have the contract where you can initiate a 2.5% penalty. for Some of you out there know what I'm talking about. Some of you do not. But I know some of you in the back of the head, back of your head are saying, well, why didn't he just initiate the 2.5% penalty and call it a day? Couldn't do it on this contract, okay? We had to. The best way to liquidate it was a 10-year TPA paid over nine years. Okay, so back to my story here. Uh, what we found out is that the payments being directed to the rollover IRA, we can invest that in interest-producing instruments that would basically get the same in terms of interest than what that lifetime income annuity option would produce per year. Hopefully that makes sense. If not, that's the best I can explain it. <laughs> okay, So I do apologize if that doesn't make sense. It, it was basically from um, uh, an ROI, return on, return on investment standpoint, almost like a net even. So with all things being equal, they would rather have more liquidity and better estate planning um, tools afforded to them, right? So it made sense for them in this situation. It may not make sense for everybody, but you know what? In retrospect, I accidentally brought up a pretty good point. It's always fun when I do that. If this individual, now keep in mind, the illiquid component to this TI traditional, if he had the contract that he could initiate the strategy of this 2.5% penalty, done, okay? Don't be afraid. I'm not saying everybody do this, but make sure you look into that contract that has that 2.5% penalty if you are in this situation. Because think about this, especially, well, let's back up a little bit, because it also depends on the rates, that interest rate bucket, buckets plural, that you've had over time that equates to your average interest rate um, crediting rate, okay? If that 2.5% penalty makes sense, and of course, how long you've had that TI traditional as well. You know, I'm opening a can of worms here. There's a lot of strategies you can implement with this TI traditional. i got to get back to, the, to my point here. This is really specific to those that have an age difference in TI traditional illiquid contract. I want you to make sure that you explore all your options because that lifetime income annuity option, albeit it's going to be the option 
that TIAA is going to be, you know, first and foremost to bring that to your attention uh, may not be the best option. It could be either that 2.5% penalty, okay, if you have the contract that you can do that in, or that TPA over to an IRA. And by the way, that 2.5% penalty, most likely you're going to roll that over to an IRA as well, okay? So it's that age discrepancy that is a determining factor as to what strategy would be in your best interest. Hopefully this makes sense. I know TIAA is just a big puzzle you try to put together. If you are in this situation, you want to run your scenario, your situation by me by all means, feel free to contact me. And of course, you can call Tia as well. Now, keep in mind, I don't work for Tia. A lot of you, not a lot of you, but some of you get confused. I don't work for Tia. I don't work for Fidelity. I work with them. I'm part of their advisor network. Been doing so for over 20 years. Feel free to contact me. Again, email greg at shepherdfinancial.com. G-R-E-G at S-H-E-P-A-R-D financial.com. Hopefully you get one or two nuggets out of this episode, and please continue to listen to future episodes. Greg Shepard here from SNA Financial Services for Higher Ed Retire Podcast, telling you all out there to take control of your retirement today. Take care, folks. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.